This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI. Let's get to the intersection of science and technology and disability. This intro is going to seem a little bit like a mixed bag, so bear with me here. We're talking about Neuralink's brain implant, and let's just say it's been a week of uh, mixed headlines. There have been some serious concerns raised over the animal rights issues involved in some of the animal testing of the brain implant. Meanwhile, it looks like we're moving towards human trials of this brain implant, and the chip is being described as having the potential to restore eyesight. So let's talk about these intersections with Sean Priest, one of the hosts of Double Tap, which you can find on AMI-audio, and you can find Sean in Manchester, England. Hello, Sean. Hello, Dave. How are you? I'm well, Sean. You've got a real interesting one for us today, but let's just start Mm. with a a fact, a fact-based question before we start opining. How soon are these human trials expected to begin? Well, it depends who you're listening to. If you're listening to Elon, yeah, next week, virtually. No, actually, during his presentation, I think he said within six months. But all that's happened so far is basically they filled in the application forms for human trials uh, and they've submitted it to the FDA. So, I mean, that's that's no guarantee that they're going to go through or anything. So it's still up in the air, but it does show that they are they think they're ready for the clinical trials for humans um so you know it, it's still yeah it could be a worrying time but it's it's an interesting time for the technology i i know this is a very subjective question but how far ahead is Neuralink in this particular research well yeah that is an interesting one as with elon i think a lot of the peers in the academics in this field are saying actually the technology itself which is basically having electrodes implanted into the brain, isn't anything new. And so far, it's not nothing really that impressive that Neuralink are doing. What is impressive, though, is the way that they're doing it. They have a chip that goes behind the ear and the wires go from there into the brain. But instead of having um, the data having to be connected through wires, which is how it's done in animal trials and why there's a lot of concern about that, to connect the actual implant to a computer to read the data, you need actual wires coming through the skin, which sounds terrible. Yeah, Um, that doesn't sound super pleasant. Exactly. It sounds horrific, right? And the way that Neuralink have done it and packaged it up is it's done wirelessly. So from that point of view, the engineering behind the chip is absolutely amazing and it's sort of what elon does you know he is an engineer be it software Mm, or actually mm -hmm. mechanical it's the same as he did with tesla really the technology was all there already but it's just packaging it up so yes the the uh, the people that are impressed by the uh, the packaging of this technology is because of being able to get the data in and out from the implant wirelessly and that's a big deal and the other thing they've done there's two bits of equipment from Neuralink the second piece is an eight-foot robot surgeon to implant this into your brain oh my basically it's a sewing machine that will embed the wires these you know 
are so much thinner than a human hair of wires into your brain. Um, and <laughs> Elon is saying that it will be nothing more than, you know, the same as LASIK, if they call it, eye surgery. Mm -hmm. And it, yeah, that's what they're saying. So there's two bits of equipment that Neuralink are working on that are really impressive from an engineering point of view. But when it comes to what that neuro interface, you know, into the brain can actually do, they're not that far in, in front of anyone else. So, Sean, we've talked about Neuralink on the show earlier this year. As you know, it, it, it tends to make little splashes here and there in terms of headlines, and it mm -hmm. becomes an interesting yep. conversation. We talked about it with Marco Pasqua, oh my gosh, maybe back in April or, 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 or March, sometime around there. And one of the things... The monkey or the pig. <laughs> That's what it usually was. That's yeah. the, the, the things that they've been highlighting at the moment. The pig with the implant and the monkey with the implant. So so one of the things that we discussed was potential. And I even had that one line in my intro about the potential to restore eyesight. I know there's other ideas of being able to uh, assist people who are dealing with dementia. There's some talks of being able to regenerate some nerve connections for people to increase mobility. As mm -hmm. you think about it, what do you see the potential of a device like this brain implant? And I, I see, I really worry about this because the word potential is so vague, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, the potential oh, yeah. of it, give it a thousand years, could be absolutely amazing. We could all be telepathic. I don't know. But I do worry because the things that are being cited recently, and the most recent thing at this presentation was, you know, restoring sight loss even people born blind i can restore we, we there's the potential it's a very important word potential to restore sight loss and of course restoring mobility and motor function to quadriplegic people so that is the things that are being cited and i, I the technology is so immature yes so yes so much in its infancy right now the you know the the, the um the, the researcher at Neuralink who was who's been uh, doing research into sight loss, you know, basically they can excite and stimulate stimulate the visual cortex of a a monkey's brain and and generate flashes in their in their vision. Now that is a light year away from usable functioning sight. Yes. So yes. Uh, I understand the excitement behind it, but I am incredibly wary and I do cringe a little bit on any any technology or even medical procedure or whatever that says, you know, oh, yeah, this has the potential to restore sight loss because we know so many people and not just whatever your disability. So many people would love the you know, want that hope that there is a way back or a, you know, a cure for whatever disability is. And um, honestly, I think we are light years away from anything like that. Yeah, it makes me really uncomfortable too when people start parading yeah. out that kind of language around this stuff because maybe they're almost going to use it to nudge a regulatory body to sort of look the other way on an animal rights abuse or like a human mm -hmm. trial that doesn't just quite go quite right because, oh, think about the potential. Think about what this can potential. unlock, right? What, what kind of hurdles are you maybe trying to walk around versus jump over via using, by trying <laughs> yes. out the word potential? I, it, it's something that actually makes me 
uncomfortable. That said, I'm not all the way opposed to the notion of using technology or implants, right? Like we've seen a huge development in like diamond eye implants to, to be, mm -hmm. to offset certain kinds of vision loss. But again, that's like years and years and years and years of research. And it isn't really paraded around in the grandiose way these brain chips are being paraded around. It's scientists doing the work at hospitals all around the world. Absolutely. And, and, and other, other academics in the field have been saying, you know, OK, this six months human trial and the, the rush to get through it. Basically, the, the monkey, uh, the, you know, the animal trials that have been going on so far, if, if the aim is to keep this implant in someone's brain for you know, the rest of their life, then you need to study that for decades. You know, what, how do those electro wires corrode in the brain? How Ugh. does the chip burst? You know, does it does it start leaking? And this is horrific stuff, I know. But <laughs> does it start leaking and, you know, and, and heavy metals into the brain and all this? Now, you can't rush that. There's nothing you can do to simulate how that is going to act in, in real life. So these studies need to last for decades and decades, basically. So, yeah, there is a, I am very skeptical of this and very cynical of, of any claims like this. And, and to be honest, yeah, I, I, it does make me very uncomfortable. But at the same time, you know, if, if we never start looking into it, then we'd get no progress whatsoever as well. So mm -hmm. it's, it's a fine line to walk, I think. Oh, yeah, I'm very comfortable with the idea of researching this further. I, I just don't know about people trotting around on stage with pomp and circumstance being like, we've got the cure for blindness. I uh, find that exactly disingenuous it. and very yes. uncomfortable. Hey, Sean. Your deep cynicism is why we love you so much. So thank you for all the cynicism <laughs> that you've shared this year in your enthusiastic way on the show. It's our last live check-in on the air. Of course, we're going to chat a couple times off the oh, air yeah. during some test shows. But all the best to you and yours over the holiday season. And uh, thank you for everything you do, my friends. Oh, I'm right back at you. Thank you. Happy holidays. Thank you, sir. That is Sean Priest. He's one of the hosts of Double Tap, which you can find weekdays and Saturdays at noon Eastern on AMI-audio. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods.